Hey church, how are you doing today? Let us know in the chat, don't be quiet. It would be great to hear from you. Feel free to drop in an amen or an appropriate emoji to let us know how you're feeling. Let's engage and build community as we uh, listen to what God's got to say to us today. Does that sound good? Okay, well, this week I am excited because we're starting a brand new series. It's called Everyday Supernatural, and it's born out of this book that I have been reading by Mike Pilavacci and Andy Croft from Soul Survivor. Uh, It's a great book. I'd encourage you to grab hold of it, get yourself a copy and have a read. It is great. But we're going to be preaching through some of the themes that they talk about in the book. And, you know, we felt it was a great follow on from the series we've just done on the kingdom because we want to see God's kingdom come here on earth, don't we? But what we're going to explore over the next few weeks is that we can't see his kingdom come to earth without the power of his spirit. And so we're going to be partnering this preaching series with Life Group on Wednesday, which is going to look a little bit different to the way that Life Group has over this lockdown period. So what we're going to do is we'll take the preaching that happens here on a Sunday And then we're going to use Life Group on Wednesday as an opportunity to sort of put into practice what it is that we're learning about. Now, I'm not 100% sure what that's going to look like, how that will play out on Zoom. But if you're willing, I'm willing, let's give it a go. We're still going to attempt to, you know, have that element of discussion. But we're also going to be intentional about creating space for God to move and then just seeing what happens. Just seeing what happens. I'm excited. It should be a really great time together. You know, the worst the, the worst outcome that could happen from uh, life group in that way is that there's perhaps a time where God doesn't really do much. No one feels like they're hearing from God. And the reality is that's fine. It just means we can log off early and, I don't know, get an early night or something. But on the other side, the other spectrum of this is that we might have people experiencing unbelievable breakthroughs in their life as we wait on God to move. And so with that kind of potential, I think it's worth the risk. So get involved Wednesdays, 7.30pm on Zoom. If you want the link, you can head to our website, hopechurchlitham.com forward slash church online. All the information is there. It's going to be great. So hopefully we'll see you there. Okay. So during my uh, my final year of university, I was commuting from here in Lillam St. Tans to Manchester on the train. And, you know, I quite enjoyed that train journey. It was like an hour and a half, I think, in total. And I enjoyed it because it meant I could relax, I could listen to some music, maybe put a podcast on. It was just, a, you know, it was a great time to chill out before getting into study. But I vividly remember this one morning, I'm doing the same journey that I did three days a week, walking up to the train station, and I vividly remember hearing a voice in my head telling me to run or I'd miss the train. I sort of remember doing a bit of a double take and saying to myself, 
Don't be an idiot, John. You're not even running late. What, what on earth are you talking about? But, but then this feeling, it just kind of pressed in a little bit more and I felt that I needed to pay attention to it. And so I ran the rest of the journey to the train station and I found that the train had arrived early. But because I'd listened to that voice and I'd ran the last bit of the journey, I made it to the train on time. Do you know, we at Hope Church Lytham, we're, you know, a very ordinary bunch of people, but we believe in an extraordinary God. We believe it teaches in the Bible that it should be normal for Christians to hear God speak, to to exercise spiritual gifts and to, to move in and witness the power of the Holy Spirit. And I know that that's a silly example, but I think it was God telling me to run for the train because I believe that God is interested in our ordinary. He doesn't only move in extraordinary, mind-blowing ways. He doesn't only speak through long, convoluted prophecies spoken in dramatic tones. God is interested in the ordinary. We don't need to become super spiritual Christians to see God at work. And we certainly don't need to become weird. The tagline to this book and this series, living a spirit-led life without being weird. We simply need to discover that God wants to break into our ordinary with his extraordinary power. And so I hope that as we go through this series and then we begin to practice what we're learning in Life Group on Wednesdays, that we as a church, as a fellowship, will become equipped and empowered and open for God to move in our lives. And like with all things that we talk about on Sundays, we want it to impact our Monday. And so it's our hope that as we go on this journey together, that we'll recognise that the thing that sustains us on our journey is our motivation and our destination. Our motivation and our destination. And so as we delve into this series, we'll see that our motivation and our destination are actually the same because we're driven by and drawn towards a revelation of God's glory. We're looking to see God's kingdom come here on earth. It's what we've spent the past six weeks looking at together. So what is God's glory? What what does God's glory look like? Well, towards the end of his life, Moses made this bold request to God. He said to God, now show me your glory. Now show me your glory. And, you know, this is the guy who heard God speak through a burning bush. He'd seen God rain down plagues on Egypt, covering it with with frogs and locusts, even blotting out the sun. He'd seen the sea parted. He'd been fed manna from heaven. He'd even spoken with God face to face when he received the Ten Commandments. But was that enough for our friend Moses? Now show me your glory. 
Now show me your glory. It, it feels a little greedy, don't you think, after everything that he'd witnessed and experienced. Now show me your glory. But look at God's response. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. And I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So the three key words here from, from this short passage are goodness, mercy and compassion. Goodness, mercy and compassion. God's glory is spectacular. There's no question about it. His glory is spectacular, but it's not always in the way we might expect. When God reveals his glory to Moses, he's revealing power, but not just for the sake of it. He's revealing his power and his glory begins to reveal and reflect his character. You know, in hearing from God, in, in witnessing a, a miracle, in, in experiencing a, a real act of supernatural power, it will cause us to recognise once again the perfect character of God, his goodness, his mercy and his compassion. God's glory is spectacular. But it's not always in the way we might expect. When he reveals his glory to Moses, he's revealing power, but not just for the sake of it. He reveals his glory, reveals his character. And so in hearing from God, in, in witnessing a miracle, in, a, in experiencing a real act of supernatural power, it causes us to recognise once again, the perfect character of God, his goodness, his mercy and his compassion. And so naturally we look to Jesus, God's glory made flesh. Thousands of years after Moses made that request, that greedy request to God, John wrote this. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And so we can see this as we read through the, the life and ministry of Jesus, that incredible power flowed through him. He saw lepers made clean and storms calm and blind eyes opened and the dead raised to life. But but what was the purpose of these actions? What was the, the purpose of all this supernatural uh, happenings? Was it so that people would look at him and think, wow, isn't he amazing? I don't think so. I think he wasn't doing these things to, to draw attention to himself, but simply to demonstrate and to point to the loving nature and character of his father. Of God. He was transforming people's lives by, by loving on them, no matter who they'd be, where they'd been, or who they were, or what they'd done. 
People, he was simply loving on people. And that's our heart as a church at its very core, isn't it? To, to love God and to love people. We love because he first loved us. And so Jesus went about his ministry and we hear how often he was motivated by compassion. He was motivated by compassion. You know, lame beggars, sinful women, people who are hungry and poor, people who are frightened and alone, they all met the glory of God out of his compassion. Their lives were transformed because they found him to be full of goodness and mercy and compassion. They encountered a, a power that revealed the love and the character and the nature of God. They were changed forever. And so as we look to Jesus and take him as our example, that can only mean one thing. This, this, this way that he lived his life, the way that he went about his ministry, that's exactly what we're supposed to be doing. He set the, the, the method, the format, the process, and now we need to follow and walk in that. We need to feed the hungry. We need to help the poor. We need to share the gospel. And it also means that we're supposed to be doing the miraculous works of Jesus. We're surprised, aren't we, when the supernatural occurs, but Jesus told us to expect it in and through our everyday lives. Look at this from John chapter 14, Jesus saying these words, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I'll do it. You know, it's important to grasp this from the, the outset that we're not talking about being weird. We're not talking about doing any of this for the sake of it or to make ourselves look good or anything like that. That is not the purpose. You know, these works that, that Jesus talks about, they're, they're called signs and wonders. Because firstly, they signpost, they point to God and his incredible love. And secondly, because they cause us to wonder, to wonder at his character, his nature. This is who God really is. And so I hope you're ready to go on this journey together to a place where we, we no longer get surprised, but expect the supernatural in our everyday lives. Where we expect to hear from God, where we expect to see people healed, where we expect to pray in tongues and to grow in our faith. But what we should really be expecting is to see God's glory, his goodness, his mercy, and his compassion. 
You know, we talked quite a bit over our kingdom series, didn't we, about seeking first the kingdom, about pursuing his presence. And what what that means simply is about trying to be close to Jesus. Our goal ultimately is to be in relationship with Jesus. That's our purpose. We're not seeking power. We're not seeking his power, but we're seeking his presence. But the good thing is that the, the two things, the power and the presence, go hand in hand. God doesn't send us his power like a package from eBay where you never make contact with the seller. His power and his presence can't be separated. If you stand next to a fire, you can expect to, to feel warmth. If you jump into a pool, you can expect to get wet. And if you stand close to Jesus, you can expect to see his power at work. The power is in the presence. The power is in the presence. You know, I remember being at a, a worship night early uh, last year, it was, and I just spent the whole night in God's presence. There was no preach, there was no word from the front. It was just pure worship, just pure, you know, freedom to to just hang out with God, to just be in his presence uninterrupted. And, you know, at the end of the night, I just felt a total peace had washed over me. And, you know, when the night had finished, I was just milling around, waiting to go home and then my sister-in-law grabbed me and she introduced me to a, a guy from their church network and said he should pray for you you should let him pray for you and I don't know about you but if someone wants to pray for me then I'm going to let them because you can never have too much prayer and so I assumed the position and I let this guy down uh, just begin to pray for me and if I'm honest I, I don't remember what it is that he said in that prayer. All I remember that as I was standing there receiving uh, the words that he was speaking over me, as I was standing there in the presence of God, uh, I remember this overwhelming uh, sense of compassion, of God's compassion pour over me. And then tears just started to fall down my face. And honestly, I have never experienced anything like this before. And, and I certainly wasn't expecting it. The night was over. I was ready to go home. And, but then as we began to pray, God's power began to move. You know, I felt this, just this incredible release, like a huge weight being lifted off my shoulders as the, as the tears rolled down my face. The power is in the presence. The power is in the presence. Do you know when we talk about about living a supernatural life, it can almost conjure up these images of walking around with superpowers. And as cool as that sounds, that is not what we mean. You know, Moses understood what set people apart. He understood it. And, you know, around the time when he he asked God, now show me your glory, he also said this in Exodus 33. If your presence does not go with us, 
Do not send us up from here. What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? You know, this is such an important point because God was calling Moses to lead the people of Israel into the promised land. It was what they'd been, what had been spoken over their forefathers before them, that they would go to the promised land and that he was going to lead them into this place flowing with milk and honey. But the journey that they were to go on this process would mean coming up against the Canaanites, the Amorites, and, and a whole bunch of other ites. They were going to have to fight these armies. And Moses knew that even if he had the greatest army with the strongest men, it would be absolutely worthless without the presence of God. If your presence isn't going to go with us, don't send us. And just as that was true for Moses and the Israelites back then, it's just as true for us today. What sets us apart as believers isn't that we're, we're funnier or better looking or better dressed than non-believers, although perhaps I am the exception to that rule. What really distinguishes us is that we are people of God's presence. It's never been about what we do, but it's about who we're with. The reality is that but some people do experience more of God's glory, his supernatural power in their everyday lives than other people. But that's not because of who they are or what they've done or what they wear. <clears throat> it's simply because they are people who are intentional about being close to God. They are people like Moses who are desperate for God's presence in their lives. They won't go anywhere without God, and neither should we. If we want to live an everyday supernatural life, then we need to spend more time in God's presence. We need to pursue a relationship with God. We need to be intentional about spending time with him. We need to make it a priority in our lives to be close to him. It, it almost sounds too simple, doesn't it? It almost sounds so simple, in fact, that, that we could almost write it off as unimportant. But just look at the story of David, because that tells us otherwise. You know, he lived this incredible life that was full of God's Power. He was just this ordinary guy, but because of an extraordinary God, he lived this incredible life. He was raised up from being a, 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 just a simple shepherd boy into becoming the greatest king that Israel had ever witnessed. And he saw crazy victories from dis, uh, slaying the nine-foot Goliath with a single stone to defeating all of Israel's enemies. And yet when we read through the Psalms, we can see clearly where David's focus was. It wasn't on gaining wealth or status. It wasn't in building military strength. It wasn't even in seeking supernatural power for the sake of it. <coughs> His lifelong pursuit, 
his passion, his heart was to be in God's presence. He writes in Psalm 27 this, One thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. The one thing, the one thing that David sought all the days of his life, his passion, his pursuit, his main thing, was to be in the presence of God, to sit in the house of God, to gaze on the face of God. It was God's presence that gave David his comfort and his strength. In that song we know so well, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. He knew God's presence was with him and that gave him comfort and support. And then even though he sinned committing adultery with Bathsheba, he cried out to God, do not cast me from your presence. Don't cast me from your presence or take away your Holy Spirit from me. He recognised that the key to living a, an everyday supernatural life was not seeking power from God, but seeking relationship with God. The power is in the presence. You know, from the, the very creation of the world, God's plan, his, his purpose, his desire has, has always been cultivating a relationship between him and us, his creation. Adam and Eve, they were able to walk in the cool of the day with God, it says, but the consequence of their sin meant that they separated themselves from God. They literally hid from him the very first game of hide and seek happened in the Garden of Eden. Have you ever noticed the importance of the, the, the first question recorded in the Bible? The first question that God ever asked, where are you? Spoken, I imagine, with, with great sadness. Where are you? And the reality is that, that humanity has been hiding from God's presence Ever since, the rest of the, the Bible story is a picture of God's constant pursuit of relationship with his people, of drawing us close to him. But unfortunately, his people keep making the same mistake time and time again. You know, reading through the scriptures, you could, you could almost excuse God if he'd if he'd walked away from humanity you know dusting his hands off and saying I'm done with you guys you keep messing up you keep running away from me but that's that's not in his nature thank goodness that's not his character that's not the God that we know and love enter Jesus 
God decided to, to move from, from dwelling in a, a tabernacle or a temple to, to becoming a walking, talking, shaving, eating, preaching, saving, very present being here on earth. Jesus, his passion for, for relationship with his people continued as as Jesus began to, to draw people around him, he drew around him, didn't he? This group of unlikely guys who he could disciple. And then we see through the life and ministry of Jesus that, that people were drawn to him. They saw something attractive in him that, that just made them want to be in his presence. Climbing trees to get a glimpse of this Jesus. Pushing through crowds to touch Jesus, breaking through roofs to lower their friend down to be in the presence of Jesus. And as people drew close to him, as they spent time in his presence, his power began to move. The sick were healed. The blind could see. The lame could walk. The dead were raised. Jesus, Emmanuel. God with us. Not a a distant God, not a far off God, not an unapproachable God, but God with us. And then he promised to be with us always to the very end of the age, which which begs the question, doesn't it? And I'm I'm coming to the end here. I'm, I'm bringing this into land, as Mike and Andy would say. How can Jesus be present with us today? How can he be present with us today? And the answer? By his Holy Spirit. It's through his Holy Spirit that God comes no longer in a tabernacle or in a temple, no longer in the person of Jesus even, but God within us. God within us. As Jesus left his disciples, he promised them that he was going to send another to help us, to be with us forever. That word another from the Greek word alos, it means another who is the same. Not another who is, who is like, but another who is the same. He sent another just like him, the same character the same heart, the same desire and and, and pursuit for relationship with us. God within us. The key to living a, a life full of supernatural power, as simple as it may sound, is to understand that the power is in the presence. The power is in the presence. And as we draw close to Jesus, as we're intentional about spending time with him, as we pursue his heart, we'll begin to see him move in us and move through us. The power is in the presence and his presence is in us by his Holy Spirit. Why don't we pray? Father God, we thank you that that more than anything you long for and you desire for a relationship with us, your creation. 
And we thank you that you didn't give up on us at the beginning when, when Adam and Eve messed up or later on when others in our history messed up. You didn't give up. You didn't wash your hands of us. You, you stood firm. You stayed the course. You continued to pursue a relationship with us. And we are so grateful that you never gave up, that you never give up on us. No matter how many times even we reject you or turn from you or try to run in the other way, you will not give up on us. So Father God, now we ask you to draw close to us. We thank you that you sent your Holy Spirit for those of us who have acknowledged that you are Lord and Saviour, who have acknowledged that we have sinned and we have fallen short of your glory, but that through the power and the blood of Jesus, we have been restored to that relationship with you once again, that your Holy Spirit now dwells within us, your presence within us. And so I pray that we will carve out time, that we will be intentional, that we will pursue with every fibre of our being to be in relationship with you. Not a token gesture when we wake up or before we go to bed, but each and every second of every day that we will walk and do life and, and be in communion with you. That we will pursue your presence because we know and we recognise that your power is in your presence. We don't pursue power. We pursue your presence. And so God, we ask that as we go throughout this series, you will begin to reveal to us the, the almost simplicity of how we can begin to live an everyday supernatural lives. And I pray that, that as we begin to walk this out in our lives, that, that we will hear incredible testimonies. And yes, we may be surprised at first that the supernatural is beginning to show up in our lives. But I pray and I believe that towards the end of this series, we will no longer be surprised. But we will expect the supernatural to be happening in our lives. We will expect the, the broken to be made well, the sick to be healed, the, 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 the broken to be, be restored in you. That we will hear incredible testimonies that will will continue to grow and build our faith so that, we, so that we can walk in confidence in the knowledge that you are with us. That the pressure is not on us to do anything but be in your presence. And as we dwell in your presence, your power is sure to move. And so, Father God, we thank you once again for your presence in our lives. I pray that you will comfort us, restore us, build faith within us so that we may have the confidence to walk this out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great week.